0: The That's Good From You podcast welcomes you into a dynamic conversation about faith and following King Jesus in a complex world. Join us as we grapple with difficult questions and learn to live in the tension.
1: Welcome back to the That's Good From You podcast, everyone. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be back with you. Uh, back sooner than expected. <laughs> a little bit sooner than expected normally we're like sorry guys we haven't been around for a while and now we're like "Mm." well two weeks later after we said we're gonna take a a break yeah so why are we back Emma look um well if you haven't heard our last
0: episode we were talking about we're giving you a bit of a raw update for Mm. where we have been at the last few months and we shared that we'd be taking an indefinite (laughs) amount of time off the podcast Mm. but since recording that episode we've just discovered that we really like doing this yeah and um it's just not a burden in our lives and we get a lot of joy and passion from this and so we're like huh we should do this yeah (laughs)
1: but based on where we were both at it was kind of like uh we're a bit nervous to record the last episode Mm. not because of the content but because of just how our energy levels would be and it ended up being really great so here we are
0: we're back three (laughs) weeks later and uh We're here with something really fun for you guys. And with someone very special. So special. There is a huge drum roll because we've (laughs) been waiting for this guy to come on the pod for so long and he is here and um, you should have high expectations because this guy's going to blow your socks off.
1: Yep. So Emma, are you going to introduce who we've got with us?
0: We have, drum roll please, Bruce Holm. Woo.
2: Hi guys. Hey Bruce. Hello. It's, I feel like... (laughs) Whatever else I do in my life, I've reached the (laughs) pinnacle already to be on the potty. (laughs) I'm on the potty ready for for some juicy (gasps) convo.
1: Great. He's got the lingo down. I've been
2: practicing all year (laughs) for that line.
1: (laughs) Juicy combo. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it is.
2: Um, it's like my kids will cringe because it's such a dad thing to try and say. <laughs> but anyway, there you go.
1: Oh, so fun. Well, it's great Thanks to for have you with me. Us. Oh my gosh. It is so good for you to be here. And we have been hyping you up uh, for quite a while on the podcast. Because you're no,
0: brilliant.
1: That's a worry. It's just so many good things. Well,
2: I would like to hype you guys up because I've tracked with <laughs> both of you, for mm-hmm. a long time, mm. so it's a great to be reconnecting but in a different way. Yeah, So yeah, it's, awesome.
1: that. it's interesting actually. We'll ask Bruce to introduce himself a little bit to you in a moment, but we didn't really think about explaining kind of how long we've known Bruce and, and the yeah, connection. that's true. Um, I've known Bruce for a really long time. We actually went to church together way back. Mm. Um, I had at least one of your kids in the youth ministry I was running. Um, and then I came to Tabor to study and – you were one of my lecturers, and I I kind of blame you for the fact that I ended up in academia because I remember <laughs> writing a paper and you being like, "You should consider further study," and me being like, "This is so silly! Like I'm not smart enough to even be here in the first place." But you're always just so encouraging of the fact that I could do what I had set my hey when mind you've, got to to. Out, you've got to call yeah. it out, you got to call it out. Yeah, so it's, I, it's I blame for Bruce off. for that, <laughs> and then Emma, you've got your own. Kind of journey and experience with yeah with Bruce as well. I mean,
0: similarly in terms of Bruce being an unreal lecturer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like every time I encounter Bruce, I would just bore my eyes out and get so vulnerable, <laughs> and he'd just like speak into my heart, and I'd be like, oh dear, yeah, Jesus, it's stop, so close. Stop the
2: tissues, if Emma's coming for a meeting. <laughs> no yeah. joke.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, you saw me through a lot of things. I don't think mm. I genuinely do not think I would be where I am without you, Bruce. You so, oh, so gosh, isn't that lovely? Go on, go on. <laughs> But tell us, Bruce, uh, who are you? What do you want about?
2: Oh, wow. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say the standard things like I'm a Jesus follower mm. and, a, Great. and a dad and a husband, have five kids, beautiful wife, Oof. been married for 28 years. Mm. Uh, but I thought, you know, it's, it's the pithy thing of like don't ask people what they do but ask mm. who they are. Mm. So I thought I'll try three Cs. Okay? <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, three things about you.
2: So one is a companion. So no, I'm one. someone who is interested in people's journeys mm. and companioning them in their journeys, kind of wherever they're at.
0: Yeah, mm. that's been our experience. Mm. Hey, so
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm interested in how uh, in the in the scheme or the economy of the cosmos, how journeys just suddenly. You know, intersect mm-hmm. and like we're all sitting here and I never knew from a bar of soap many years yeah. ago and here we are yeah so I'm, I'm fascinated by that and the way that God seems to to work in that so a core value for me is being a companion someone mm-hmm. who can track alongside not in front or behind or mm-hmm. over or whatever but mm-hmm. just um with mm-hmm. uh my second word is I'm a curator
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
2: so more, uh, and this this comes to how I, you mentioned me being a a lecturer, which I have been for the last 15 years. Mm. Uh, I'm more of a yeah, guide from the side rather than a oh. sage from the stage, Ooh. you know, that Whoa, kind of language. Right. So I love, I love when I'm particularly working with uh, groups of people, I love curating spaces where God can do God's own best work with them and oh. they can do it. ...together yeah. uh, rather than, you know, delivering tidbits mm. of sizzling information... ...that are just going to, you know. So yeah uh, a curator and the third one is that. I'm curious. Uh, and this oh. this kind of has been my new word for the last few years... Mm. ...in terms of me as a thinker uh, and as an educator, as a writer, as a researcher. Mm. Uh, maintaining a posture of curiosity has become... Uh, not something I ought to -hmm. have but something that's actually becoming pretty important to me Mm. and as soon as I think I've got it nailed, I (laughs) I realise I'm probably missing something, particularly Mm. when it comes to God, who's probably a bit bigger than my (laughs) brain can comprehend. Mm. So uh, this Mm. curiosity extends to how I read the scriptures, how I listen to people, Mm. how I find myself judging and boxing people and going, Mm -hmm. oh, hang on, maybe there's more to know here than what I'm initially thinking. Mm. Yeah. So how does, does that feel the brief? The
0: three Cs. And as you're talking, I'm like, wow, that is so true. You are all Mm. those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Wow. Very much so. So we've been talking, well, we intended to have a series this year and it hasn't fully gone to plan because we are human. Uh, (laughs) We were hoping to dig into this idea of what does it mean ...to be human hmm. and we thought Bruce is probably like the best person... ...we could talk to about this because we've learned so much... ...about what it means to be human from yes. you through yeah. like relationship with you... ...but also through sitting in classes and I think this is something... ...you're passionate about. Mm. So Bruce, if I was to ask you this big overarching question... ...what does it mean to be human, how would you respond to that?
2: it's a big one, isn't it? question. But you're right, I am quite interested and passionate mm. uh, about this whole t- topic... Hmm. And some years ago I I was alerted to the fact of the way we use this language about being human and usually it's in the sense of we make a mistake or we do something Mm. wrong but we go, oh, but I'm only human. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: I go, oh, that's interesting. It's a way, it's a cultural idiom Mm. or Uh saying, right? So uh, and what got me thinking about it further was a guy called David Benner who's a spiritual director and psychologist and author. He's written this great book called Soulful Spirituality and the tagline is Becoming Fully Alive and Deeply Human. Mm -hmm. And I go, ah. And in some circles you'll get spirituality, becoming human, uh, that's sort of of opposite. And he writes this great um, little snapshot right early on in the book. He says, spirituality can and should be in service of becoming more deeply human that might surprise you. After all, the human and spiritual journeys are often presented as diametrically opposed to each other Mm. and so it's quite understandable if you have tended to think of the spiritual journey as helping you move beyond the limitations of Mm. humanity. During uh, a recent lecture I was giving on these things, a woman sitting in the front row looked puzzled and upset. When I paused for dialogue, she expressed her confusion by saying, I thought that the more spiritual we become, the less human we would be. Mm. Mm. Isn't being human a sign of spiritual failure? Isn't that why? We, uh, isn't that why we use the being human as an excuse for failures mm. uh, in our best self and our highest way of being, which is kind of the yeah. the language picks up on that language, right?
0: Interesting. Mm.
2: If you know anything about church history. Uh, even if you don't, that there was this group called the Gnostics mm-hmm. early on uh, in the in the church. We've had a bit and of a dig at them in previous. Episodes. Yeah, you probably have. <laughs> um, so, there's if you know anything about that, there's kind of hints hints of that. In that is, you know, to be truly spiritual is to shed our humanity, yes, right. and even the the real essence of us floats away, and our our kind of humanity sort of disappears. Mm-hmm. And that that thread. Mm. ...has woven its way through many strands of the Christian faith mm-hmm. for, for lots of different ways. So I've been really interested uh, and particularly as a Jesus follower... Mm. ...because the notion of following Jesus and uh, growing into my fullest self in Jesus... ...means that I would be interested in, in who Jesus is. Now we have this thing about Jesus is fully human, fully divine... You know, not either or both end. But the whole biblical story about how uh, uh, you know, two people in the garden living in intimacy with God, mm. Genesis 3 happens, and the whole project then of the story of the Bible is who will actually fulfil that vocation of actually living as a fully human mm. person. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. Which
2: is to receive their belovedness, and out of that belovedness co-create with God or be fruitful yeah, in, yeah. in in their world. Mm. So to get to your question, I think being fully human means living as beloved,
0: mm. living
2: in intimacy, rece- like receiving our belovedness and out of that reciprocating that by, by loving back through, Particularly through how we co-create in the world. Mm. So I got I got two two things two things going on there mm. um, to you know, be beloved and to live out of our belovedness, that intimacy and fecundity. That's a really weird word. You go like, <laughs> what the word. heck is yeah. fecundity? <laughs> is like <laughs> like if you have a if you have a lush plant that's mm. actually Fruiting or it's flowering, <laughs> we would say it's it's. There's lots of fecundity there. It's actually kind of fruit, fruitfulness is yeah, kind right. of pick, picks up on of it. But it's mm. it's cultivating something new, life,
0: Yeah. Mm. Um,
2: yep, yep. security, mm. and significance. Yeah, right. Okay, so we 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 live a secure love uh, life as the beloved, mm. and out of that we have significance and mm. purpose, and we get to contribute to the world. Interesting. Um, Roots and fruit. Sorry, I'm just going through all these because no, you're just all great. looking at me going, I can't I can't keep up.
0: <laughs> no, it's good.
2: Deepening and doing. So those those mm. for what I mean to be human, like it's 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 both mm. and. Here's another classic thing we hear. We're human beings, not human doings. You ever heard <laughs> that yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's a load of trollop, really. Ooh. I think they're both integrated Ooh. and needed both together.
0: Mm. Hear that yeah. people.
2: Um mm. And in my own story, you know, recently I've finished up work not of my own choice because my role was made redundant. Mm. And, man, do you ever, like, face the big, like, existential crisis wow. when you don't have so. a, your reason to get out of bed? Mm. Seriously.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: You know, so I, I would say that's that's what mm. captures it for me.
0: Wow. There's a lot of relation between what it means to be human and, like, vocation, I think, that you were touching on there. that Yeah, mm. well, that idea of. ...doing and coming back to the garden and this idea of the Eden Project... ...and what it looks like to live fully human... ...like in that intersection of actually Mm -hmm. creating and co-creating... ...and partnering with God. And so I guess the question that we could ask now is... ...well, what is our purpose as humans?
2: Mm. Yeah. Participate as loved, deeply, deeply loved humans mm-hmm. is to participate in that love project. So Genesis 2, 15 is the classic, right? God puts humans in the garden to mm-hmm. what? To the yeah. is Aved and Shema, mm-hmm. to serve. Aved is like servant, serving, mm-hmm. serving creation. That's cool. And Shema is like uh, uh, softened till. Or mm-hmm. yeah, cultivate. Yep. Yeah, think yep, about connection between cultivate and culture. Culture make. Mm. So there's something about fashioning, Ooh, fas- cool. fashioning something that will grow mm-hmm. and flourish. Uh, or the other word that's often uh, it's translated into keep. You know, like Psalm one twenty one. Mm. The Lord is my keeper. Yeah, right. Think about the the way we think about that imagery. Oh, God, ki- God keeps us. Tends, yeah. tends to us. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's the, the flip side of just living in God's love mm. is like actually to participate in what God's on about in the world as culture makers mm. and fashioning. That's why, you know, pretty early on in the, in the Genesis story there's been cities built and mm. families fashioned and whatever and now it all goes skewy but, mm. but the, the intent is there. We, we mm. can't help but fashion the world in which we've been given.
0: Yeah. Mm. Would you say, Bruce, that everyone's, um, like, purpose as a human is the same? Is everyone's purpose the same? Mm, good
2: question. Oh, at, at, a, at a basic uh-huh. core mm. level, our vocation, mm-hmm. when you're talking... ...this is why mm. I love the, the notion of vocation... ...which hidden in that word is the notion of voice. Vocar is the French. So voice to be called. Okay, okay. In vocation. <laughs> so vocation, huh. our, our core vocation is to be loved by God. Is to be loved. Just
0: repeat that. Our core vocation is to be loved. By God. Which
2: is which is different, right? Hugely. What's your vocation? Oh, it's to mm. I'm a teacher. Yeah,
0: yep. Or I'm a nurse. Or or like All
2: right, yeah. Or what's your vocation? Oh, I have uh, had some prophecy that I'm going to yeah. whatever. Mm. Missionary. Or or the, the, the the core vocation is to be be the beloved and live fruitfully out of mm. that love in community with others, in partnership with others.
1: As someone who always gets that backwards, and you know this about me, mm-hmm. who's like more likely to, I know we've we've talked about it's it's both being and doing, but who's more likely to jump into the doing <laughs> and forget about the being part. So I'm more likely to jump into the I'm a teacher, I'm a, all those sorts of things. What on earth does being the beloved of God look like? Like when you when you say that, I'm like, yeah, cool. Like I know what it looks like to teach, or I know what it looks like to create. What does it look like to live loved?
2: Well, that's a deep question, isn't it? Seriously, it's good.
1: Huge.
2: What do you reckon, Emma?
1: Poor. Mm, yeah, Emma. What do you reckon? <laughs>
2: That's what teachers do when they don't quite know what they're going to do to say and they look reflective and they throw it back to other people.
1: And now we should pause the
0: podcast and (laughs) give me 20 minutes to cry about that. Or the rest (laughs) of my life to ponder it. (laughs) Mm. I mean, even the word beloved I'm thrown back to when Jesus was baptised, that Mm. being one of the first moments we kind of see that because even the word beloved, like I am familiar with that language because of study because I've been in proximity with you, Bruce, and used that word a lot. Um, But I think a few people might be like, oh, what does that even mean? But thrown back to Jesus' baptism that when he was dunked by John the Baptist and came up, the words were spoken over him as the dove um, descended and said, you are my beloved, like I'm well pleased with you. In relation to this whole human being and human doing, there was a sense that before Jesus did a thing, before he healed anyone, before he did a miracle, before he fed anyone, before he, yeah, did a thing, he was called the beloved of God, that he was already well-pleased from the Father. It's the idea that belovedness is this sense of security and um, embrace before you do a thing. It's an identity thing, right? It's
2: beautifully put. Stop. that's beautifully put <laughs> hd <laughs> and and what's the core disposition that Jesus has the core disposition that Jesus has is receptivity mm. like he's is, he is, he's submitting himself to his cousin baptizing him like yeah. what a humbling mm. thing and he is doing nothing except receiving
0: mm.
2: so Ooh. so you've helped me formulate my answer for you sophie that uh, at least the core thing is about
0: receptivity—that
2: mm. hmm. we we live the receptive life, that is, that is open open to being yeah. our value being bestowed upon us, mm. oh. rather than us striving to mm. earn it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does.
0: Yeah. I feel like that really unpacks it because, you know, you hear in this Christian language culture like, oh, you're so loved, you're so loved and it's like at the end of the day that can just like go over your head and you're yeah. like, what does that actually mean at the core? But the idea of open-handedness simply receiving mm. that you are beloved, you are dearly and deeply cherished.
2: Mm. Absolutely. As you are. Mm. Yeah. So I think your example is... Of Jesus in His ministry, and He seems to just replicate that mm. all the time. You know, mm. would you say Jesus is driven or drawn? Oh. Like He's drawn. He's He's drawn out of. He's not driven to prove His worth. Yeah, the Father. No. He's drawn by the Spirit. He's drawn by mm. how that work, how that love is getting outworked mm. uh, in His life, and that's what that it's that He becomes in that conduit. For the Father's love in the people he mm. encounters.
0: Yes. Mm. Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: And the culture mm. that he forms. And what do we call that culture? We call that culture? Kingdom of God, mm. right? Yes. So he is making that kingdom of God um, through being grounded in receptivity mm. to receive the Father's love
0: mm-hmm.
2: and live out of that space. So it's not, it's not like a um a damn wall where he just Stops mm. it and says, "I just want to receive it, mm. um, yes. it." it actually it's like a tap can't flow unless it's turned on. Can't receive the water. It can't fl- the water can't flow to the garden unless it's open, yes. so it can receive. Mm. That That's exactly right. So receptivity, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And and so going back to Emma's question about like is the is everybody's calling and vocation the same? You said kind of at a fundamental yeah. level, it is. So saying, people's core vocation is to live loved, lived, live as the beloved of God. What does that mean about what I do with my day to day life? Like, Mm. should I work for a church and be a pastor then, because you know that's what good Christian beloved people do? Or does it really not matter what I do with my life so long as I am living out of receiving, being the beloved of God?
2: I mean, it mirrors a little bit of the the cheeky comment of um, Saint Augustine on this, who you know, who says, "Love God and do what you want." Mm. Yeah, which is like, what? Yeah, what what he's what he's sort of hinting at is live in the love of God, Mm. and then pay attention to how that love manifests itself in your desires, your makeup, Mm. your unique personality, your context. Mm. Um, It becomes this interesting intersection between soul. And role and context, right? Ooh, okay. So soul, how is how is God fas- how has God fashioned me mm-hmm. in that in that space of receptivity? Um, role, how does that get expressed? So for me, it's as a father, um, as a husband, um, as a as a teacher, as a companion. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things mm-hmm. and context. What's the context in which I've been find myself mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. intersection or the, the dynamic conversation between those three things. Become the playground for God oh. and you to discern together mm. about mm. about where you go. So this is yep. I'm realizing this is probably fairly foreign or might see a bit out of kilter to the God's got a perfect plan for your mm. life. Yes,
1: and a very specific and one. A very yes. specific
2: one. Yep. And so, are you willing in the will of God or not? Yeah, kind mm. of thing.
1: Yeah. Can I miss the will of God for my life? Is the question that I get asked. Can I? Yeah. Can
2: you miss the will of God? Well, if Oof. you If you live in a way that believes you're beyond the reach of God Mm. or beyond the beyond being loved Mm. and living out of that space, I I suppose you're missing God's God's will or intent Mm. because that's that's living a that's living a falsehood, Mm. isn't it? Mm.
0: Um, Can we just pause that? That is such like (laughs) Emma needs a moment, everybody. concept is absolutely wild and I think it's going to free people hearing that, that the only way you could miss the will of God for your life is if you are living outside of the love of God or the belief that you are the beloved of God.
2: Yeah. So, well, pretty famous um, Trappist monk, Thomas Merton, he called yeah. that the false false self. Interesting. I'd almost call that the old self. Mm. Fol- false false self is believing that I can – so that's 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 living the lie, really. It is. That's living the lie that um, – and it's a pretty audacious, arrogant sort of claim, really. Interesting. Mm. Uh, I can – you know, Psalm 139, you know, where can I flee from your mm. presence, God? Mm. Where, how can I get away from it? Mm. But, you know, to live it in a way um, that rejects your acceptance. Wow.
0: Hmm.
2: Your your complete and utter acceptance. So I'm I'm probably talking around in circles in That's terms good. of your That's particular question uh, i I'm, I'm getting to it because what we what we're starting to really point towards is or how do I discern mm. or how do or how do I discern then if there's no if if I'm calling into question the bullseye model yeah. or the tightrope model yes or the plan A plan B plan C mm-hmm. D E F G model. Mm. Man, I'm a Plan X just most days, really. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, you know, <laughs> probably. But the, the God, God keeps having a way of drawing me back into relationship and realigning my heart. And out of that space, out of that soul space within my particular role, I look at my context. What's my context? Am oh, my family having an argument? Uh, uh, I have this invitation at work. Should I take it or not? Or mm. uh, you know, all those things become. Something about that dynamic of discernment as a, and I want to say as an adventure with God. That's mm. that's the problem that I really have with the bullseye kind of perfect plan for my life. It's it's flip and restrictive and right. doesn't actually. Mm. I don't think it flourishes people. No, uh, in it's a helpful horrifying. way at all. It's terrifying right. because what if I get this? Yeah. What if I get this wrong? wrong? So what if I miss? I'm really meant to go to Africa and marry someone I don't like. That must oh be God. the will of God. You know, I'm mm. characterising that. Yeah. You mm. kind of get yeah. that sort of.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, by the way, if you're called to go to Africa, please, please do. <laughs> yeah. right. But don't so, marry
1: someone you don't like. But yeah. Please don't yeah. Do
2: yeah. That. Yeah. But yes, that's right. So mm. um, I find that that becomes uh, that that stunts our flourishing totally. because it, we live in we live in fear mm-hmm. and our discernment. Our discernment then becomes functional mm. rather than relational. It's functional. It's like a vending machine. Yep. Crap! I better get this answer right. Mm. I'll plug in Otherwise, the right rules. Yes. Where's yes. that? Where's that ten irrefutable guidelines, rules for yep. discernment book? <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, got lying here. I don't want to get it wrong. I can't contravene scripture. Oh. Okay, I've got. Oh, but hang on that. I could have picked that verse or that verse. Oh, they seem to be opposite. Oh, no, I've got to get, yeah. I've got to get it right. So that's it's a functional funny. way of thinking about discernment. Mm. How, how will I appease the angry God really? That's
0: literally it. Yes.
2: Whereas a relational mm. approach to discernment goes, wow, we are on an adventure, God. I know I'm selfish and blind and ignorant but even still, you're still calling me to join in and be a mm-hmm. culture maker with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how, how can you shape me best in that? How yeah. can I? How can we journey together, God? Mm-hmm. That's a much healthier dis- approach to discernment. sermon.
1: Yeah, it's literally just struck me that we have taken, like, if we use the bullseye metaphor and like missing the will of God, that we've literally taken sin language and made it about vocation, like the sin language of missing the mark, yes. which is one yes. of the yeah. words in the Bible. And we've gone, if I miss the will of God for my life, we're actually using sin language. And then that, I wonder like if that tangles people up a little bit because it's... It's a sense of right or wrong. And the yeah. amount of conversations I have with friends being like, what if I'm
0: doing the wrong thing with my life? Maybe mm. I've made the wrong decision. And I just hear that sense of like fear. It's terrifying. Mm. It's like like a scarcity kind of way we're Mm -hmm. operating out of it's not abundant it's not flourishing and i'm like Mm. what kind of picture do we have of god again pull
2: it back to jesus the true human right how does he navigate his his life and ministry has you know does he wake up one day at age whatever 30 and go oh i've just this is what the perfect will of god is for my Mm -hmm. life um you know there is there is real real credibility in the idea that his sense of vocation unfolds and as it makes totally in. sense, total sense. You you would think about Jesus as a child, okay, there's something unique and, mm. and special about him, the questions he's asking, but there is a sense of uh, in relationship with the Father and through the leading of the Spirit that unfolds. Yeah. Why does he mm. get up and decide to go to one place rather than another? Yeah. Mm. Um, he's listening, I suppose listening to the voice of the Spirit, but even more so just living out of trusting himself in the, in relationship with yes, God,
0: that he's the beloved and he can't be removed from that.
2: What's what's the, what's the passage in Luke uh, with um, uh, Zacchaeus? You know, he had to go. He said he had to go through that town, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's going yeah. through that town, but then he notices a dude in a tree, mm-hmm. and then he ends up mm-hmm. at his place. For a lunch now. Totally. Do you think he woke up in the morning like, and Got said, to find the "Jesus, you will be walking through a village, <laughs> but you will see." it. I don't know. Like, mm. ha- ha- for me, m- a much more credible and enlivening theology is around Jesus as living in that dynamic mm-hmm. relationship, out of that soul, into his role. ...happens to be the Messiah, that's not me, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, but what is uh, the bringer of the kingdom? Let's put use that language. His mm. role is the bringer of the kingdom... ...and his context is these different places he finds himself. Totally. There's a guy in a tree. Oh, I've noticed that. Let's engage, yeah, with, you know what I mean? You're right, so. it's an
0: unfolding, like a natural unfolding mm-hmm. of his life. It's just like, what's next? Mm.
2: Mm. So uh, does it answer, should I be a teacher or should I be a plumber or... you know, ...I certainly want to debunk the thing of if I'm really a Christian... Or to do the public Christian vocation. Now, I'm not dissing that at all, in terms of um, a particular calling, but I don't want to validate that over and against being the best mum that you're called to be. Yeah, being the best uh, plumber. Yeah, the best plumber, um, the best student, the best Mm. physio. The you know. So, uh, and Luther had a lot to say about that, about the way we rank. Mm. In his day, you know, vocations, Christian or spiritual vocations, got ranked. Mm. Um, you yeah, know, I think there's something particular about uh, public vocational Christian ministry. I suppose I'm called to that in a mm. sense, mm. in mm. what I'm doing, but I don't, I don't see it mm. as any more spiritual. I think live more fully into your own humanness as Christ manifests that that life through you Mm. and then work out what it means in your particular context.
1: Mm. So being a little bit cheeky then, it doesn't really matter what I do with my life.
2: Oh, see, you're twisting. You're twisting me, (laughs) Sophie.
1: I would never do that.
2: (laughs) I mean, it totally matters. Yes,
1: but not in a um, I have to find the one thing that God's got planned for me. Otherwise, you know, I've gone off the rails.
2: You can go off the rails.
1: Oh, that happens. All and the you time. can
2: certainly yeah. live into vocational roles that are are really not wise. See, mm. I, l- I like to talk about the living the wise life mm. rather than mm. li- living um, the you know the bullseye life. Yep. Mm. And that, that's it's the accumulation yes. of wisdom. Yep. As we move through our lives in relationship with God that helps us make better wise decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm certainly not saying we don't make dumb decisions mm. and that it doesn't matter what we do with our yep. life, whatever. You know, I've, I've made decisions where I just thought, oh, that, God, that really wasn't great. Mm. God says, nah, wasn't, mm. was it? Oh, okay, what mm. next? Yeah. You know, and if there's restoration yep. work to be done, about yep. the, you, you take responsibility for that. But it doesn't matter in terms of, Will I please God yes. through my obedience? Yes. God is already that's pleased right. with us. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So we obey, yep. not we obey so we can yes. p- make that's God it. pleased with us. It's
0: not like a matter of like I'm gonna lose my belovedness if I don't stick to plan A or yeah. yeah. Or X or Yeah,
2: you
1: know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can
2: God be sad or upset with our decisions? Absolutely. Mm.
0: Yeah. We know, Bruce, that you have a really great analogy that you use to kind of describe perhaps what an adventurous unfolding life looks like with God rather than a got to go left, I've got to go right, got to make sure I'm doing the right thing rather than the wrong thing. But um, we know this Lego analogy oh, yeah, is really yeah. beautiful and articulates kind of this adventurous life. So with case God. in point?
2: I come from New South Wales, so it's definitely Lego. No, it's not.
0: Lego. It's definitely Who's not Lego. We're going to put a poll up I on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Vote Lego. I don't know how we will
1: spell anyway, that differently.
2: Lego. Here forthwith, I shall say Lego. Great. Okay. Uh, the Lego analogy. Yeah, I just think about uh, – and you have to be careful putting our own human metaphors onto God. Yeah, of course. There's a word for that. I can't remember what it is when we do that, but uh, – there are, the, the image that comes to me is about how I would be, particularly when my kids were young, um, with the mess of Lego, not the nice neat Star Wars <laughs> set that's got all the pieces. <laughs> now, that is not the case in our household. It's uh-huh. just mixed up. Everywhere. It's a schmuzzle. But out of that creative mess, mm. um, you know, kids just building, building mm. stuff. Now, I could be the father who sits there as the policeman saying... You've put that in the wrong spot. No, that's that's you haven't um, mm. you haven't built that correctly. Or well, why would you put that color with that color? Mm. That looks, uh, you know, quite incorrect. That isn't what I had in mind. Mm. And as though the child is actually meant to guess. You know, we play a bit of a sort of a, Ooh, uh, a hide reading. and seek, a guessing game, and you've got to try oh. and work work it out. Or is it like me down on my knees, co-creating with mm. my son or my daughter, trying to? Um, encourage them uh, where they are using their own creativity, seeing what we can we can build together. I don't mm. know if that mm. hits the mark for like, what you're expecting gosh. in this analogy, but that for me that in terms of my own vocation, my own journey, at least to this point, uh, and this is the other thing. this is to say discernment often happens most frequently happens in retrospect. We talk mm. about discernment as what ought I do? Mm. I think a better question is, Looking backwards, mm-hmm. going, oh, what have you been up to, God, in my mm-hmm. life? Oh, wow, um, that gives me hints and clues as I move forward. And so when we when we look back, we go, oh, look what you've look what we've been building together. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there's ugly spots and there's weird spots that don't fit, mm-hmm. but God has this redemptive way of of working all things together for good. Not in a glib I don't say that glibly. I say mm-hmm. truly. God shaping and and working with my own uniqueness my own flaws um, all of that is grist for the mill in the economy of the kingdom
1: mm. so ha- what how would you encourage someone to sit in that space where they can look back and also look around at what God's been doing like what sorts of tools or uh, ways can people, ...engage in that process. Oh,
2: now you're talking my jam. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is for me, uh, if, if you were going to... ...when you were saying before, tell me about yourself... ...what would you call yourself? Another phrase I'd use, I'm a, I'm a reflective practice... ...I don't know, scholar and specialist and... An expert. Uh, <laughs> not expert, <laughs> but learner. Hmm. So re- anything about reflective practice... Uh, ...reflexivity, which is about how we understand and pay attention and notice mm. ourselves. Anything that cultivates that well. So it takes lots of different forms. I mean, if you end up in a, with a counsellor, you're doing reflective practice in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's therapeutically focused or problem focused that you're working through. Uh, if you go for a coffee with a friend that's more than just a chit-chat... ...but actually listening deeply to one another's lives and mm. noticing... That's around reflective practice. Uh, You can use journaling. That's around. (laughs) Sophie's smiling Mm -hmm. because she loves to journal. I'm really (laughs) bad at it, guys. (laughs) Um, Any of any of those sorts of practices. Uh, I practice as what's called a spiritual director Mm -hmm. or a a spiritual companion. So that's that's not therapeutically or like a counsellor focused. It Mm. is a deep listening ministry, Mm. but it's listening. I listen to people's whatever they bring, but I listen through it because I'm endlessly curious about where God might be mm. Mm. inviting a person, mm. uh, what the invitations might be and, and we pondered together what the response might be. Um, so anything in and around reflective practice, theological reflection is another discipline which mm-hmm. is how we make sense, meaning of experience in relation to faith mm-hmm. and live the implications of that discernment. Uh, If you are in professional ministry, when I say professional, let me go back. If you are in vocational ministry, like as a chaplain or as a ministry worker, in that sense, in a paid sense particularly, I would really highly, highly recommend professional supervision. Yes. Mm. Which is where a professional supervisor comes alongside of you with the specific focus of helping you. do your own reflection about your work mm. and your calling, your vocation. Right. So there's a bunch of different ways, um, but probably at the root of all of those is something about intentionality mm. and and slowing and <laughs> not absolutely f- filling your diary mm. to the goog with no kind of margins or anything. Yeah. If you if you are Um, I'll say hell bent (laughs) on like living for Jesus, and you're going to do everything. You're going to make. I'm going to get to the end of my life with nothing left in my bank account, nothing left in my body. I'm going to spend it all. Going, wow. Well, you'll probably be like a bull in a china shop because you won't. Mm. You won't be noticing. Mm. Yeah. I'm just struck by Jesus' capacity to notice Mm. Zacchaeus and the tree. Yeah. Notice the you know the parable, the mustard seed, the small, the incremental, the things Mm. that that just pass most of us by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm drilling into what I'd call a contemplative disposition. Contemplative doesn't mean just sitting in the corner of a room with a candle all day. It means <laughs> the noticing life, the yeah. listening life. Yeah, wow. Cultivating our ways that we notice and listen and ponder the movements of God in us and around us.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. And all that you're talking about right now is really your, I don't know, life's work. Yeah, funny. What you're on about. And so, Bruce, I don't know how much longer we'll tap into this episode because we've got many a conversation to have still. But where can people find you? Like you're mm. talking about this amazing stuff and the work that you're on about. Where can people find you?
2: The, co- the cosmic joke behind this is that, uh, you know, I've taught reflective practice and discernment and formation and mm. spirituality and all that sort of stuff, prayer Embodiment, all that for 15 years. Um, but then after l- finishing up my work, I actually had to start living it. So mm. that's that's mm. been the, f- the fun thing. Um, mm. uh, but it has kind of like thrust me out of the nest, thank you God, into <laughs> developing my own consultancy and business. So it's mm. called Talking the Walk dot com dot au if you want to find it. Um find That's me
0: on the, the au We'll yeah, try and work. put that in the show notes. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. And uh yeah, and the whole premise behind that is we want to walk the talk. That's the, the way that phrase normally goes. Mm. We want to live with integrity, practice mm-hmm. what we preach, mm. but we you know live into our vocation, our truest self, our, you mm. know, be Jesus people for the kingdom, whatever can't do that unless we learn how to talk our walk, how we do what we're talking about now, Mm. how we have a contemplative or noticing or listening life that pays attention... Mm. ...and makes meaning out of our lives and our circumstances. That's beautiful. Mm. So that's Mm. it. And that's all around. There's three main things. One is education. So I run, do seminars, webinars... Uh, ...teaching, working with groups, teaching them about reflective practice... ...or soul care or listening or whatever. Mm. Uh, I do retreats. So that's the curation part mm-hmm. uh, of uh, helping people enter into spaces... ...to encounter God through different mm. themes. And I do companioning work. So I'm a spiritual director. I'm also training as a professional supervisor. So mm. that's it really. That's, that's my plan A at the moment. <laughs> I don't know, we'll ask me in a year's time, we'll see where it ends up. But.
1: That's right. Yeah. Which I think is the perfect segue into a little bit of a teaser for what we're going to be talking <laughs> about in our next episode with Bruce, which is this word that sometimes gets thrown around in Christian circles, liminality. So we're going to be talking with Bruce about that and you'll hear that in the coming uh, weeks but we all sort of find ourselves in a bit of a liminal space at totally. the moment, a bit of an in-between space, mm. and uh, we're going to talk about that in our next episode. So keep your eyes peeled for that coming out. That's right. Bad. Today has been
0: great chatting awesome. with you. This episode has been amazing. A good
1: insight into what you're on about. That
0: God is not making you guess and is not playing hide and seek. Mm. It's just like, look, work with me and let's create together. Mm. Build some Lego on an adventurous unfolding life.
2: Security and significance, roots and fruit. Yeah. Off you go. That's have right. fun. All
1: Live of these the beautiful things that we have to hold intention. That's right. And keep wrestling with. That's it. Live as the beloved, guys. Yep. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.
0: actually <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you pause the podcast <laughs> <laughs>